Hey, Bridal Breakdown listeners, so happy to have you here on this fabulous Friday. If this is your first what time up? here, I'm Ashley and Chris is here with me. Hi. Hi. The the what up that you hear in the background. And we just wanted to take a second to give you a little refresher just because we're thinking potentially we're going to have some newbies here. You just got engaged. So what we do on this podcast every week, we record twice a week and we try to bring you content that's inspiring. It's different. It will challenge you to look at your wedding differently and to be able to walk away from your wedding and think like, wow, like that was the happiest day of my life. Truly the happiest day of my life. And I want to get rid of best day. I want to like move it to happiest day. Yeah. Because best is so it, it it feels like there's just so much that can go wrong. And if one thing goes wrong, then it's not best. But happiest yeah. is a mindset shift. And so you can expect us to talk about intentional wedding planning and mental health. Those are the two things that we're going to talk about the most. And when we say intentional wedding planning, we're just talking about thinking through the decisions that you're making, right? That's intention. And actually making the choices that you want to make when it comes to your wedding. And so that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, we talk about a wedding why a lot and you're going to hear us mention that all the time and you will get sick about hearing about <laughs> yeah. wedding whys or you'll hear it and be like thing. oh yeah reminder i need to think about my why i need to think about my why it's it's incredible you're going to be obsessed i swear we also have a fabulous facebook community which we are live now so if you want to catch this video great the video replay. quality all the things it's mm. not really great video quality but that's pretty you know. decent i think pretty it's decent we look pretty clear yeah, yeah, we do look clear. We look good. Yeah. So today, what are we talking about today, Ashley? We are talking about major budget savers that you can have when you're starting wedding planning. So again, if you're new here, this is perfect for you. Yeah, and hopefully we're catching you early in the wedding planning process. If we are, this episode has the potential to save you tons. And when I say tons, I mean capital T, capital O, capital N, capital S tons of money. Uh, So many couples end up planning the wedding that they think they should have instead of what they really want. And so this is people thinking like, oh, I need to plan the biggest wedding possible when really they realize and they look back on the day like, man, I think I would have enjoyed something smaller. Or they they book uh, and, and do this other thing that they think they need to do. Maybe it's they spend uh, hundreds of dollars on florals when they realize like, yeah. you know what? I don't really care about florals. Right. Or like I'm allergic to flowers. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't think it through. Let's hope they don't do that. But exactly. (laughs) It's like they're not thinking three things through. And so it's very likely that what you and your partner really want for your wedding day could cost significantly less than the typical wedding uh, that most people host. And so this is why we're talking about this today, because we want you to plan the wedding that you want and potentially save yourself tons of money. Yeah. And by tons of like thousands and thousands of dollars in the three tips that we're going to share with you today. I think it's three. Yeah, it's three. Yep. We got three of them. So really quick, I want to rewind. Last week, Chris, we had Faith Moore of Bellamore Events on the podcast. I just realized her married name is Moore and her business company is Bellamore, even though it's like French. Anyways, that's cool. So we had her on last week and she offered this incredible service that we didn't even realize was an option. So you get started wedding planning and you realize like, how the hell do I even finish or finish? 
figure out what my budget is. Like how yeah. much do weddings cost? I don't, I don't know how much in my area do, can I expect like a photographer to cost a decent one, an average one and what, like no clue where to yeah, start. It's like, it's like if someone was like, Hey, you're going to build a home and you're like not even in the industry. You don't know how much lumber costs. You don't know how much an electrician costs, a plumber. Apparently and a you're just like, right now. <laughs> right. You're just, you, you have no clue. That's kind of what it's like when you get engaged. Like you're not in yeah. the industry. You don't know. And it, that's really overwhelming, right? To like be in the dark and have no clue what to even expect. Or like, here's low range, middle range, kind of high range as yeah. far as pricing goes. Well, and I feel like what area. people do now and like what you're recommended to do and like, it's not a bad idea at all, is just inquire with all of these vendors and then get a bunch of quotes back and then a have sticker shock most of the time because you're like whoa like a fork costs how much money <laughs> and uh, you kind of they'll get you yeah <laughs> so then you have that sticker shock moment and then you get to walk away from it for a few weeks because you're overwhelmed then you come back and you have like more of a realistic area but then it's it's just it's wild because then you have to decide like okay so now I initially went in wanting to spend five grand now I'm thinking for everything I want it's going to be 30 grand how can I get closer to that five grand amount without sacrificing the things that I want which we talked a lot about in that episode with Faith but what she offers and says to reach out to planners in your area and see if they offer is consultations to speak with couples to figure out how much wedding is going to cost, what your starting point can be, help you find vendors, help you prioritize vendors so you're not spending too much money on a vendor you don't care about, all these things, and setting up a meeting with them, you know, paying a fraction of the cost of hiring a full vendor or a full vendor, a full planner. I'm like tripping over my words this evening. Um, But a fraction of the cost of hiring a full planner, but you can have peace of mind knowing that you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And we had someone in our, in our chat, Brooke, uh, she's actually one of our couples, one of our brides. And she talked about meeting with, you know, a ton, sometimes 10 vendors, 10 people per vendor to like try to find the right fit. Not only that, it can be super overwhelming when you reach out to people and then you don't hear back from them and oh my god yeah it's you know it's people just want to find the information that they need and but yeah you know to get back to what you were saying about bellamore and and faith and the planner and stuff like if you don't know how much things cost you're you it's like you don't even know what step to take first and so that is an amazing service that planners offer if you will reach or reach out and ask different planners if they provide that service and if you can't find one faith of bellamore events you can find her on Instagram or her website, bellamoreevents.com. Um, she will do Zoom consultations with you. So they will cost money. I don't have actually any earthly clue how much, but I might. I, don't I think she said $5. <laughs> Shut up. Per second. You didn't uh, let me finish. $5, $5 a $5 per second. Dad gun so, at Cannon. He keeps wanting to get in and get out. Is that what you keep getting up for? Yes. Oh, that's funny. He sneaks in. Okay, so, he's gone. Anyways. With the planner situation, I also wanted to bring up this random fact, you guys, that I learned today. Today. This was cool. Yeah. I just told Chris about it and he was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard about this. So we're in the Midwest. I don't know that this is a very common thing where we are, but across the country, it's actually common for your vendors to charge you extra if you don't have a wedding planner. 
So the one in particular I saw, she charges $1,000 extra if you don't have a wedding planner because... Who is this and what vendor were they? It's a photographer. A photographer. And what yes. area were they in? What part of the country? No idea. No idea. Probably a coast. Probably a coast. But she charges $1,000 if you don't have a planner because there's significantly more work on her, which I totally agree with. That's I definitely feel that. Um, if you don't have a planner on the or a coordinator on the day of your wedding, your photographer will most likely be calling the shots. Yeah. If yeah. they're worth a lick. So in your area, it might be... So they will it's, be working, doing more. Yes. So yeah. it's probable that they will have this fee of however much money. This one in particular was $1,000. And then also in this thread, I learned that some people actually give a discount if you have a wedding planner. So random little potential tidbit saver is that if you have a wedding planner, you might save on other vendors, depending on where you are in the country. But I thought that was really fascinating and kind of interesting and kind of makes me want to like also offer a discount if somebody has a planner. Like I'm yeah. like, this is a really good idea because I work my tail off when they don't. Yeah, it, it is a lot more work. They say they say it falls on either the bride the day of, the mother, or the photographer. Yeah. And so that's kind of who it, and I think most people would try to keep it off of. Yeah, I totally agree. Bride. So... so. With all of this money talk, planner talk, and all the things, we can actually talk about money in your home for a moment. So I want you to think about you, the listener. Are you willing to go into debt for this one day event? And I want you to like sit in the fact of remembering like, this is one day. Do I really want to put something on my credit card for this one day and a lot of times not even a full 24 hours 12 oh. hours maybe if you're showing up at the venue you know four hours prior to when you're a photographer which i feel like 12 hours is pretty normal for people to have but it's not even a full day and it's not even the re- the rehearsal dinner that comes before that day well like, no and if you think about it most of that money not most of it a lot of that money is the reception so it's like a four hour event kind of Oh my gosh. If you think about it like Dude, that. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. You're right because the ceremony is kind of the least expensive aspect of it. You have right. the officiant, chairs, if you're doing some sort of like arbors or something mm-hmm. like that, like, yeah, you're right. Most of the expenses come on the last four hours of the yep. day. Yep. So ask yourself if you want to go into debt for those last four hours or if you want to start and by debt... It's also like, do you want to start your marriage off in debt? Yeah. Like, is that the foundation that you want to build is having this massive amount of, I mean, even $3,000 of debt is like, that's a lot of money to then work to pay off. Yeah. You know, well, even think about it this too. And I brought up this point on, uh, in the episode with Faith, when we talked to her about, uh, on the last episode that she was on. And I basically talked about how, I mean, this could be a potential point of conflict or a sore spot in your marriage where maybe one of uh, you, one of the, you in the marriage is bitter or frustrated or regrets spending that much money and then getting into debt. And so now when you look back at your wedding day, it's not like, oh, that was such a great day. It was so beautiful. It was this, it was that. Now it's like, oh my gosh, now we still have 10 grand to pay off on the credit yeah. card and like, or, or we have to pay my parents back and then like... That's a thing too. Sometimes people borrow money from their parents or something and then that creates tension. Like this is a really good point to ponder 
yeah. about going into debt over this day. When you set your budget for your wedding day and you decide on what that is, you're going to and should be married to that budget. Like, don't, you know, finagle it. You know, maybe if you only go a couple thousand dollars over, that's one thing. But I think it's so easy in wedding planning to go over your budget. You're looking yeah. at this money like it's not real. And so or use your partner nickel, to hold you accountable. Nickel and diming, you know, things like, you know, we look at this, just think of this as like a regular budget. Like when Lara and I, we've made some big shifts in the way we spend money and we realize like, wow, like these little $5 smoothies I was getting at Smoothie King on Friday, like they start to add up. And then when we go in and get snacks at the gas station, it's like three, $4 here. It's the same thing. You're like, oh, well, this is just a couple extra hundred dollars here and then maybe a thousand here and mm -hmm. it all adds up. And before you know it, you're 10 grand over budget. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so easy to happen. It's a slippery slope. And if you can just honor your budget and remember the whole time, like we made this budget, this number for a reason. This reason might be because we want to put a bigger down payment on a house or because we want to go on an amazing honeymoon yes. or because we just want to try to live simply. Honor that. Continue to come back to that because you can make emotional, impulsive decisions when wedding planning because it's an emotional day mm -hmm. and you want to make the best decisions possible. And when you're in the moment, you might think like, I'm just going to be so devastated if I don't have these napkins with my dog's face on them. I like, love your devastated voice. I'm really <laughs> so sad about it. I feel the pain. I do. And this is just, I just had a wedding last weekend with dog napkins and I actually loved them. I kind of think when you think of like personalized napkins, I always, always harp on them. I'm like, those are so stupid. It's a waste of money. But when they're your dog's faces on them, for some reason, I'm like, they're personalized more than just your name. I don't, yeah. so, it was so cute. Anyways, but That's you can hilarious. get wrapped up in this like emotional decision and think it's so much more important than it is. This is what I wanted to say earlier. Ooh, you remembered. Yes. After the wedding is said and done, I'd be so interested to know from past brides. So if any of you guys listening know any past brides, send us a message on Instagram or join our private Facebook community and send us a message or post about it. I'm interested in if anybody went into debt and does look back and like regrets it or like looks back oh, and yeah. thinks like, you know, I wish I didn't spend that. Or you know what I mean? Like yeah, just in yeah, hindsight that now that it's over. Yeah, they have regret now. Like, oh gosh, you know what we really didn't need? We really didn't need to buy those extra 500, I don't know, those extra chairs. Or we didn't need to do this or do that. We didn't need the napkins. Yeah. We didn't need the koozies. We didn't need yes. you know, the whatever. That's a good one. Like looking back, is there something that you wish you just wouldn't have done? And it was kind of a waste of money. Let's talk about the three major budget savers that you came up with. And I so, think these are great, by the way. They are. They're they're great. You're going to share them with everybody you know, because literally it's probably like the kind of the first thing you should do. We also have an episode that's um, things to do now that you're engaged. I can't remember what the title of that one is, but that's a good one to listen to. But what we're going to start off with today, first and foremost, is you just got married or, ma or married, engaged. This is my problem today. I'm just going to trip. <laughs> mush brain. I do. <laughs> Uh, you just got engaged and it's time for you to think about what you actually want your wedding to look like. And that sounds silly, but 
I think it might be really easy for you to get engaged and go to Google and you're like, I just got engaged. What do I do? And the Google machine tells you, pick your date, pick your favorite vendors and book them. You know where I think things start to go sideways with what people have in mind is when they come to making the guest list, because this is where it went sideways for us is we started like listing out. We we're like, oh, we don't want, we, we said, I remember we said, we don't want anything big. Our reception was 200 people. I'd consider that not small. You know, no, I, I think would, that's a, yeah, I think that's a decent size reception. 300 to 250 to 300 is huge. That's like a massive thing. Um, but we're, what what happened was, is we started like, I remember we took out a notebook, we wrote out family that we wanted there that are non-negotiables. And then we did the same thing with friends. And then before we knew it, we had 200 people or we had over 200 people and we whittled it down to 200. But from there it was like, well, we felt like we had to invite all of those people. So once we listed names out and started thinking like, well, we can't not invite Jeremy and Sarah like we got to invite them. We have to invite them. You know, we are really close to them at this point. So I think that's where things start to go sideways and people forget what they really want is when they get into the guest list and then they go, well, we don't want something big, but now we have to have something big. Yeah. Once they write the people down, they kind of can start seeing what it would be like without those people there. Yeah. Then it, then it starts to be like, it turns into something different. But what you're getting at is like, you may not want the big thing. And if you don't want the big thing, don't do the big thing. Well, I think what you probably do whenever you enter is what everybody else has done because that's the easiest route is like, okay, I'm going to pick a venue, think of all my friends and invite them. And if you take a second, close your eyes for just a second and picture what your wedding day looks like. Like what does your brain bring together? And I, I did this exercise with someone who's engaged and she pictured like, like a, an evening with like twinkle lights everywhere. And lo and behold, ended up just having a normal daytime wedding. But when you do this visualization and you picture what you like, you can picture what season it's going to be in and picture like, is it going to be actually an evening ceremony and you're going to make things way wildly different or. Yeah. Is it nature? Is it downtown industrial is it is it daytime is it fall is yeah you just start to and your mind automatically starts to do those things yeah. you just have to become aware yeah. of what you're visualizing exactly and what you're seeing and like are there a lot of people there are there not very many people there where where are you are you yeah. in a garden like when you do that then you can allow yourself to have a real vision that you actually want that isn't just following a random template because how this is going to save you money, which is where this ties together, is that you're not blindly spending money on things you don't care about. You're not blindly booking the best venue, the brand new, beautiful, gorgeous $10,000 venue because it's the prettiest, newest thing. Instead, you actually picture in your mind that it's in this naturey place with 40 people and you all have champagne glasses and formal gowns. And you're like, wait, I could do that in the backyard for free. Yeah. And it's just because totally. you're visualizing what this looks like. 
and you're not blindly following a template. I'm just going to run with that theme that you just threw out there. Maybe it's a dinner party. And, and instead of having this, you know, really low scale kind of thing, you're like, you know what? No, we're, it's going to be like 30 people and we're going to have this huge, massive table. It's going to be in the backyard and uh, we don't need a DJ. So we don't need to spend money on a DJ because this is like a dinner party thing that we're going to do. It's going to yeah. be lots of toast, lots of talking and sharing. We don't need a DJ. Yeah. I don't picture you, myself dancing. Yeah. You, you, maybe you guys don't dance. No one in your family dances. I mean, sometimes that's a part of religions. Like some religions don't dance. And so why would you get a DJ? It, yep. it doesn't make any sense. And these are the kinds of things where you realize like, wow, I don't have, this isn't a necessity. And there's so many things that could not be a necessity for you if you think through them. Maybe you find out that you do want to do all of the things that normally happen at a wedding. Mm -hmm. And that's fine too, but you've thought through it and you've kind yep. of gone through it like and made the conscious decision that yes, we do want this. Yes, we do want that. I'm like picturing right now, like this, I'm just getting a new vision in my head of like, you're at a lake and you've got a boat and you and your spouse to be like right off in this boat really fast and do something because you guys have so much fun doing that or maybe you're tubing in your wedding dress and then you get out of the wedding dress and you come on the dock and you're just having the time of your life and then there is a what are those bouncy house and you guys are jumping on the bouncy house music is blaring on a jbl like Maybe that's the wedding for you, you know, and like Maybe. the possibility. Invite me to that wedding. That sounds bomb. <laughs> I that know, sounds so great. Right? Or you bouncy house into the lake. <laughs> or what knows? are those things like the blobs that are on the thing? You like someone jumps off a tower that's like 20 feet in the air onto this huge inflatable and then you hit and then they bounce up like that whole thing. See? That's wild. And then I you're know. like, oh my gosh, we're going to have summer camp wedding and oh. we're going to invite our friends and stay the weekend at a summer camp. And I will shoot that for like, free. That would be amazing. I will. Sh I, I would 100% shoot a summer camp wedding for free. Justin Call would me. love that. He'd be like, oh, I'll send you it for free. Yeah, seriously. So that's, so that's the first way that's, and it may seem like, oh, well that was a, uh, that was lame, but it's really not like if you, if you really intentionally think about what you want to do, what you don't want to do, you will realize like you just won't blindly spend. So exactly. that's the first thing. What's you the second thing? Spend. So the second thing has to actually do with what we just said. You know, we talked about, you know, why don't you just get married in the backyard for free or, you know, go to the lake house and get married at a lake. Why don't you choose a non-traditional venue like a park, a zoo, the courthouse, a library, your mom's backyard. You can choose any, like think about non-traditional spaces and get married there. A lot of these places like the library aren't necessarily going to have these outrageous venue prices because it is a government building or like yeah. it's funded. I don't know if gov city government. So it's cheaper. And those are 100% like, or you could do like an antique store. I've also seen like a brewery, but not a brewery with like a hall, like an actual yes. venue, like an actual brewery with like the tanks the distillery tanks that are all yes. around it yeah uh actually i we, we photographed a couple one time where they got married at tanganyika which is a zoo here mm -hmm. and uh they they chose that purposely because animals in zoos are a really really big part of their relationship they spend a lot of time there they both have a really deep love for animals and so that made a lot of sense for them it was it was full of intention that decision that they made yeah uh, and even when lara and i got married we spent a lot of time at their like 
uh, our, we had our ceremony on their property. We spent a lot of time there. There, so, as in Lara's as in Lara's parents', parents. property. Yes, her the their piece of property that's like right along the river, uh, in in the Wichita area, and so it was really beautiful, but it was also meaningful to us. Making decisions like that say can save you money. They can a also not only money, and I know that money is the point of this. That's what we're talking about today. But I also just want to pin take a pin and say regret, because if you choose. Of, I feel like this happens with dresses and it happens with a lot of decisions that you make. When you choose something based on like how pretty it is or how trendy it is or whatever. Yeah, popular. Yeah. You may look back in two months and there's something prettier or something trendier. And you're all, then you'll be comparing your decision that you made to the future trendy, popular, pretty decision that you come across later. And then you're constantly chasing this level of perfection or this level of how good is this going to look? Where if you choose something with meaning, you're a lot less likely to encounter like feelings of regret. Right. Because you, there's a why behind it. Without a why behind it, it's, you know, you're going to be flailing in the wind. Every new yeah. thing that kind of comes up and presents itself, you're, you're going to be, ooh, it's it's like squirrel brain, right? It's like, ooh, squirrel, ooh, that's shiny. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, look over there. Oh, look at that yeah. dress. Oh, look at this one. And before you know it, you've bought three different dresses and uh, oh, or, or something like that. I was watching totally Bachelor exists. in Paradise today. <laughs> but she made this amazing analogy, and so I'm going to use it. You and do it. It was Mari in Bachelor in Paradise, and she was saying, you have this amazing quarter. It might be a rusty quarter, but you've got this incredible rusty quarter. I don't think quarters but, rust. Shh. Shh. Okay. 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 <laughs> so you've got this incredible rusty quarter. Old, dingy, insert appropriate word. I think she said rust. And then she was like, then a new shiny penny comes over. It's shiny. So you ditch the rusty quarter. And you go for the shiny penny, but you had a quarter all along, you know, like you had yeah. something that was worth more Greater all value. along for this penny. If anybody shiny watches thing. Bachelor That's in Paradise. <laughs> no, yeah, I get the analogy. Yeah. It, no, I'm it's just like distracted hilarious. now by like, I don't think quarters rest, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Oh, I just hope somebody watches Bachelor in Paradise and can be like, oh my God, Ashley, I remember that. Yeah. It was a total shit show of an episode, but anyways. <laughs> It really was. I was floored. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this for my life. Yeah. We're just going to avoid The Bachelor in our household because we don't need to get sucked into that hole. You would too. I, I guarantee you, you we would. would. I know we would. We have very addictive personality. We love the drama, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you'd get it would in. be It would be crazy. Yeah. And then we would in. never be able to podcast again because that's all we do is we just talk about Bachelor all the time. Yes, we so would never get off. for the sake of the off. podcast, <laughs> we will not. I will not watch Bachelor. Good idea. Good idea. So to go back, choose a non-traditional venue like a park, zoo, library, backyard, brewery, antique store, insert anything here. And that is going to save you literally thousands and thousands of dollars. For Venues sure. here go for 7000 5,000, 10,000. I don't actually know, but it's something around that ballpark. I know for sure 7,000 is a number. And that's yeah. a ton of thousands. And that's so, a lot of zeros. If you can save 
six of those thousand dollars by making a different decision and one that's potentially meaningful, huge budget saver. Huge. You can take that entire savings and get a bomb photographer. Yeah, for sure. You can do something. You can go all out on maybe it's it's dinner. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you, yeah, who knows? Maybe you can hire a, a really popular live band that you love or something like Dude, that. Dude, yeah. Good cover could, band. Yeah, you could go all out in different areas. And I will just say, and we've talked about this, backyard weddings, they're totally my favorite. I love them so much. They're just, there's just a different feel. Everyone's more relaxed and they typically are nicer for some reason. Like they just look more elegant and upscaled. It's I don't know why, but they do. Yeah. It's nuts. Back the only I will say this: we should have a backyard wedding episode. The only thing that in our area sucks about backyard weddings is our weather is all over the place, and wind is all over the place. So things are like flying around. Yeah, um, you may need a tent, and tents are like they very are, they expensive. are not cheap. They are oh, not they're cheap. so pricey. Anyways, but I love backyard weddings too. They're they are also my favorite. So our next point, our next big budget saver actually, I think, has the potential to save you the most money out of all of these. Uh, And and for some reason, so many people don't want to do this, and I will never understand why. But Ashley, what is our third and biggest budget saver? Choose a day that's not a Saturday, basically. Yep. Or off-season as well, but mainly not Saturdays. for a lot of places, off-season is, depending on your part of the country, but if it's cold, typically December to February, I, I would say, is considered off-season. There's a lot of places yeah. that a lot of venues, and you'll just have to ask your venue. You think about it, guys. Uh, there's 52 Saturdays in a year. There's not enough venues for the amount of people that are going to get married. There's tons of people getting engaged every day, every month, every year. There's a shortage of venues. There's so many people that have to pivot their plans. If you stick to Saturdays, if you're married to it, so many venues offer discounts on Fridays and especially on Sundays. And especially if you go on a Wednesday or Thursday or anything midweek, you are going to save lots of money. And so maybe your dream venue that you felt was out of your grasp at $10,000 now all of a sudden becomes available for $5,000 on a Wednesday. I don't know. Maybe some venues discount 50%. But I, we have I no can, idea. We have no <laughs> clue, but it cannot hurt to ask. And uh, guess what? You're going to have first choice at lots of other venues. And I will sometimes discount uh, weddings when they are for sure on a weekday. Uh, definitely. And I know that other vineyards, not just venues, do that too. So you could have your pick of the litter when it comes to um, not doing it on a Saturday. Yeah. Ask yourself why you want to get married on a Saturday. And then as far as off peak months go, everybody wants to get married in, at least here, September, October, everybody. And then June was a really popular one this year. I know it used to be popular back in the day. Then it kind of died. June was crazy this year too. But if you chose to get married in December, let's say, the sun sets really early. So you may think of having an evening ceremony and doing some of the things that we've talked about in the podcast. What episode did we talk about all of those really cool ideas? Like Which one? having your dinner before your ceremony. Remember that? Oh yeah, I think that was the 19 was that the 19 ideas? Like we covered 19 trends. 
No, I think it was the one when we each came to the podcast with like mm. three things and we shared it. I it would don't have remember. been within the last couple of weeks. Y'all, it Somewhere was the, the coolest 60s. idea we would ever, like, it was so cool. And the our entire comment section in the Facebook Live was popping off for this idea. Yeah. We were all here for it. It's really cool. You should go listen to it. But anyways, you can rethink the structure of a wedding also if you're going to get married in December and be like, wow, I can have an evening ceremony yeah. Because it's like, I don't, it's so cool. Well, and I recently just saw Wichita Coordination. Um, we've had Jessica Tung on the podcast before, and she was in her stories talking about uh, nighttime weddings in the winter, like just starting at night. Like, go ahead and just embrace it, show up, do uh, your bride and groom photos at golden hour, and that kind of kicks off the day, you know, because you have to get started hella early. And sometimes, like, it just, a lot of things on the timeline don't make sense yeah. in the winter. Uh, sometimes since you, so why not do it under all of these twinkly lights and like just make it like this fairy tale kind of sparkly lights everywhere uh, and just lighting, lighting galore and kind of transform the environment. Some people, they might dig that. They might yeah. like that. Yeah. And you might have the room in your budget to do all of these lights because you're getting it off season and different day of the week. And you're able to do something really unique for a fraction of the cost. Yeah, I freaking love it. Another way you could look at it is if you did a Sunday wedding, you can do a brunch. So everybody loves brunch. You can just, and maybe you're like a huge brunch person. So make your wedding a brunch. So you're having a like 10 o'clock, or like, I don't know, maybe a 10 o'clock ceremony. Or maybe you start with brunch. So maybe you have a 10 o'clock brunch. Isn't brunch around 10 normally? I don't do brunch. Yeah, I think it's like 10. So you have a 10 o'clock brunch. So everybody comes for brunch. You know, maybe you wear like kind of a romper style outfit for this brunch and you see everybody, you greet everybody and you're like, hi, hi, hi. And then after everybody's done with brunch, you go change into your wedding dress that nobody has seen yet. And then you go have your ceremony. And when your ceremony's done, everybody celebrates with like mimosa and hangs out until Mm, like 5 p.m. And then everybody can go home. And you had your whole day because you started it earlier and you did a brunch and then everybody still gets to go home and have their Sunday. Yeah. Their Sunday evening it's at great. least. That's like, glorious. That and sounds freaking cool. Yeah, you're more likely to have more people because a lot of times people are worried about Sundays. Like people have work the next day. Yeah, but if you get them home early, you get them home at five, like they're leaving at five. That's still plenty of time to get ready for the week. I've done one brunch wedding. It was years ago, like 2016. I remember... A, it was an early morning for us. It was like 6 a.m. to like for the photo video and all that. Because we had to get there, hair and makeup. And then like, I think stuff kind of started at nine o'clock. And anyways, I remember though, as hard it was to wake up, (laughs) everybody was so happy. Because if you think about it, I've always thought about this. In the mornings, like when you go to the grocery store, you don't ever encounter people at the grocery store at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday where they're like unhappy or at the gym where people are grumpy. Nobody's had a chance to ruin their day yet. Well, and people who are up early on a weekend genuinely probably want to be up, right? Because they're not, yeah. most people aren't going to work. If right. About. Right. So it's like, yeah, of course you'd be excited. And super, everybody, super but like I've never been to an event like that in the sense that everybody was so relaxed in the morning, happy. Like I remember Ashley and I just saying consistently like, everybody's just so happy. It's just different than normal. So that was also really cool. Yeah. I dig that. I dig that. This is something that I really, really wish that more people would have as an option 
And this is one of those things that I really think people should consider pivoting and letting go of this like Saturday. If you hold on to Saturday, what it feels like is like you're like grasping for this big, massive, rager, huge party thing. And maybe if that's what you want, then maybe Saturday is the best bet. Maybe a Friday night is, you know, can work too. But if your why isn't tied to this huge, big, massive party, it's likely that another day of the week might work just as well. Yeah. It could work even better for what your why is. Yeah. Some people want that rager, that party, that let's get hammered, wasted. Yeah. Totally. Like that environment's so fun, DJs. But just also maybe that's not you. And then if it's not, not, you can look at other options and save money. So I literally was just tallying it up really quick, Chris. With these three tips, which was picture what your wedding actually looks like so you're not mindlessly spending money on things. Choose a non-traditional venue and get married on a non-traditional wedding day, a.k.a. not a Saturday. This alone could probably be saving you... $1 million. You could save $1 million. <laughs> million dollars. It'll, I mean, at least probably save you. It could save you five grand. It could save you 10 grand. Uh, dude, I bet it you it's anywhere. It could save you 15 I, grand. I, I would say if you do all three of those things, you could... I would feel pretty confident saying you could cut whatever your budget is down by half, 50%. Oh, yeah, totally. And then think of that freedom that you have to put that money where you actually want it to go. And that might be... A honeymoon, a house yeah. payment. So imagine I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a really budget wedding and say, uh, or like I would consider what we did is a budget wedding. It's 10 grand. Like the average wedding is, is what, like 40 grand now, 45 or yeah, something, something like that, like that at know. the moment. And so 10 grand, imagine, and, and a honeymoon wasn't in our future, at least not an extravagant one. Uh, but what if we would have spent five grand and then we had five extra grand that we had already budgeted for to go towards a really kick-ass honeymoon, yeah. a really badass vacation, or maybe we were able to take a month off and uh, because we could supplement our income and our job allowed for it, and we literally spent our first month of marriage just being with each other and taking a really a more frugal honeymoon, but we were able to just drive cross-country and take an Airstream or, I don't know, do something like that. Like, mm-hmm. If any of that is speaking to your soul, that's just thinking about potential. And there's yeah. so much potential once you break away from what everyone does. Yeah. I'm thinking of this wedding that it was my one of my really good friend's sister. And she had a wedding at like a lumber yard type situation. Oh, that's Which so is cool. so cool and so different. So it was at like a lumber yard. And the ceremony, like she had kind of a traditional dress. And then she ended up changing for like immediately for the reception and changed into this just little romper put on like unicorn ears or something and like everybody had glow sticks and paint and they like threw paint and everybody like just raged in this lumber yard with this really non-traditional way to party i have a really great idea for a wedding okay just ideas are popping off today okay tell me sorry i interrupted you no i'm kind of done i'm just thinking like how inexpensive that could be to do something like getting married at a lumber yard and then everybody you know you change into something white but maybe not and like maybe you're artists and you throw paint i don't know like okay so right along this topic what if you had like 
you know how they have those color runs? Yeah. You do that, but everyone wears white. Like, you know, it's like the rule, like, only the bride wears white. Yeah. Everyone wears white. And like, everyone's like, it's building up and everyone's like, oh yeah, after the, after dinner, we're all doing this color thing together. And like the bride just, those wedding photos, I want to photograph someone doing those wedding bombs, like those color bombs. Can you imagine how awesome that would be? That'd be so freaking cool. Go into a big field, have this huge color war, then have a little rave outside. What? I want to, I want to go to that wedding. Literally. And so it's just you're, you know, if you think of the couple that would do that, you know. Someone like, please do that. <laughs> you might be listening. Again, but invite us to that. That's the thing is like, be true to who you are. Know that you don't have to follow the traditional wedding template. And know by not following the traditional wedding template, you might be potentially saving yourself thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And it all starts with you just thinking intentionally. And so uh, this next Friday, or sorry, not next Friday, this next Monday, we have an episode releasing uh, with Ashley's business partner, Ashley Nola. And in that episode, we're talking all about timelines and not just here's how to make a timeline. You guys, we're talking how to intentionally create a timeline that allows for your emotions to freely go freely roam to be there for you to sit in them experience them the happiness the tears of joy the t- whatever you're feeling to be there and be ready for it if you follow us on instagram i teased this out today and it i really think this is a must listen for all couples and vendors y'all i think it could be a game changer it's dumb how good it is like dumb the amount of light bulb moments that we had in this conversation and plus ashley's very entertaining. She's hilarious. She's so entertaining. But the amount of light bulb conversations we all had, like Ashley would pose something that she did for this couple and Chris and I would be like, wait, wait. And we'd have just this we'd have epiphany to moment. It. it was it was incredible. You guys are going to love it. That's on Monday. So it's just a couple days away. Yeah. So that episode is coming up. Be on the lookout and uh, and definitely give it a listen. If you have engaged friends, send it to your engaged friends because no matter where you're at in your wedding planning journey, you can still kind of implement that 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 episode. Oh, and the totally. That we talk about. You could implement so. it a, a week out from your wedding, but then if yeah. you're implementing it early, you can also like start to envision your day differently than the traditional wedding template. Absolutely. Ashley, where can people follow us and keep up with us? You can follow us on Instagram at The Bridal Breakdown and you can join our Facebook community at The Bridal Breakdown community on Facebook. You just search it all in there. It's also in our show notes where you can follow us as well. But you can join us whenever we go live or you can, if you're catching this on the replay, you can comment and conversate with us after the fact. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, that's where you can find us. And we hope you join. Our group is growing. We've got about 100 members in at We're the current close. moment. Yep. And it's a great, like, it's a great sacred community, I would say, of just some active humans that are really great. Today, we had a new commenter, Abby, and then we had our usual queens pop in. We had Brooke, Micah, and Heidi came in again today, which was really great. So. Very glad to yes. have you girls. We'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week with that bomb ass episode. You guys have an awesome weekend.